everyone, and welcome to another episode of the LaRouge Rugby Podcast. I'm Hugh Hartley, joined as always by Derek Brissett. Derek, how are you coping with the final round of the 2022 MLR season behind us? Uh, I mean, you know, uh, obviously as an Arrows fan, you know, it's a little sad to see the uh, the season come to an end. Although the uh, the crowd and the environment at the uh, the match yesterday was amazing. I was uh you know, really, uh, despite, you know, no matter what the scoreline said, uh, it was a great time. Seemed like everybody was really enjoying themselves. Uh, the arrows, uh, continue to, uh, each game seemed to step up their, uh, match day experience. So, you know, always, uh, that was always enjoyable. Uh, you know, the, uh, the weekend as a whole, pretty good, uh, AFL team, Toronto Dingoes were two and O now. So continuing that, here we go. Um, and then, uh, yeah, some, some really interesting MLR games. Um, it all got capped off with uh, Canada, the women's team, absolutely kicking the USA's ass. And, you love to see it. Yeah, no, just things you love to see. Yeah, there we. Um, and uh, so we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, other than that, I don't think anything interesting happened all weekend. Stu, any uh, any eventful news that you might have heard about? Uh, during, uh, well, because uh, I don't know. I. Uh, I don't know. I, I may have heard something through the grapevine, uh, but this was technically oh. Friday, so it's not the weekend. Oh. So that's probably well, why you hadn't heard it. Because, you know, everyone was working on Friday. And therefore, um, but we're obviously you, talking about the release of season three of The Boys, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. That, that, that was the main news. But, you know, somewhere between like the first three episodes that came out, uh, saw something on Twitter from the MLR official account along the lines of Austin has been disqualified from the 2022 postseason. Right. Did, yeah. did, did you catch that? I didn't really. Uh... I think I did. I think I did. Yeah. yeah. Was, uh... Although it, w- it was brief. It was a very brief statement. You could have scrolled right yeah. through that. Absolutely. But, um, at least the, the fine people of Reddit and MLR social media when it. Uh... Yeah. So obviously uh, some pretty wouldn't let you forget that. So uh, obviously some pretty big news. Um, this weekend, so I guess Stu, I think uh, for the first time all year, I feel like we got to start the podcast without talking about the Toronto Arrows. Yeah, I mean, this is like something's happened that's actually worth knocking news. them down. Yeah, so this has been the news, and this is as brief as we can make of it because uh, MLR only gave, I believe, one two sentences about the news that has come out of saying Austin's disqualification. Um, As of us recording on Monday, it's still not even on the MLR website. Oh, it is. There's, well, there's a competition update. There's the, oh, do they have an article up now? Uh, Article is uh, generous. Again, as I said, two sentences. So the full statement. Yeah. So the full statement is, Due to a violation of league rules, the Austin Gilgronies have been disqualified from 2022 postseason play. Championship series fixtures will be announced as they are determined. That's it. Congrats, Seattle, by the way. Yeah, we'll get on to that when we talk about the uh, other games of the uh, season. But yeah, this has, uh, you know, really rocked the league. And, you know, we've obviously... uh, Try to do our part of finding out what everything is going on. And from what I gathered, some uh, personnel were told to about um, 
they said that a big story was coming towards the end of the week because they got uh, the news on Monday. But it is to the same extent these uh, two word sent two sentence release of what is going on. No one has known anything. Even Austin have kept themselves tight lipped about it all. I think. Uh, you're more likely to get blood from a stone than a statement from Austin at this point. They didn't um, have that one cute Instagram post with the whole team in a huddle. It was like strength and unity or yeah. I'm not sure what they actually said. Strength, strength through adversity, I believe is what, what they said, right? Something like that. Yeah. Something along those lines. So nice motivational yeah. poster for the, for the office after. Yeah. There has, uh, there have been some in the uh, Twitter sphere who have been able to, get a little bit more information on them. For example, uh, Alexander Deagle, who is a sports journalist as well as the president and flanker for old Gaelic rugby, um, put out a tweet saying he's re- he reached out to multiple Gilgronies and MLR sources to try and find out more. One response was received, which is nothing to add on this time. He then followed that up with saying, I've spent the better part of the day Trying to put the pieces together, I've got a nothing substantial on the record and don't want to report rumours. What I do know is the following four things. One, it's ugly. Two, yes, it has to do with the salary cap violations. Three, the lawyers are coming. And four, keep your popcorn ready. Huh. I love, I, I first I got to say, I love the uh, the tweet in saying, uh, I don't want to report rumors. And then number two, yeah. <laughs> salary cap violation. Um, the Okay, so I guess in talking about this, um, salary cap violation seems to be the most popular of the rumors. Um, but, man, I just... Obviously, this one, this does suck. Um, I feel like, like, just... From no, no, I feel like no matter what your perspective is, even if you're the MLR, like you don't, I don't think the MLR doesn't want to do this. Like, this is obviously so. I'm assuming Austin had to have done something here, yeah. Um, because it's like that's it's not a good look overall. Um, I feel bad for the Austin fans, um, mainly because rule violation to me is not enough of an explanation. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Um, when we were talking at the arrows game yesterday, Stu, I mentioned that in all honesty, like reading it and thinking about it, my first thought was Alan Vanson's famous, feel free to draw your own conclusions quote, um, dating yeah. back to the, uh, John Tate versus the women's sevens team, um, mm-hmm. scandal. Right. Yeah. And you know what I mean? Cause it's like, as you can see, like the word rule violation doesn't tell you anything, right. It doesn't tell you anything at all. And it's led to, if you go to like Reddit, you go to Facebook, you go to, you know, you go to anything, any social media that is covering Major League Rugby um, and the Austin Gilgronies, right? It's all just people yelling at each other and like speculation um, without anyone throwing out any like actual concrete evidence, right? But it's like, you look at the, the way the threads break down, it's, fans it's like everybody's being like well this team's over the cap too throwing out all these accusations about anybody else that's over the cap throwing out accusations of all like players that have broken other rules teams that have broken other rules 
right um and it's just kind of chaotic in trying to piece it together right and i i feel like i feel like that's what's going to happen when you put out a statement um that is as vague as it's a rule violation mm. right and even further to that i think one of the big things that i think is coming out of this too is and i'm going to ask you this question Stu, to, to kind mm. of help my point right so the leading rumor is a salary cap violation so they yeah. said rule viol they said rule violations right yeah um leading rumors salary cap related so i have a question for you Stu, because it's just saying rule violations we think it might be salary cap who knows right um do you know what the salary cap rules are yeah um so each team has a salary cap limit which i believe the last uh, publicly disclosed record was half a million us dollars but if teams have the certain incentives, such as grassroots um, academy teams mm -hmm. and so on, it increases. Don't say what the increase is or by how much, um, so on and so forth. Uh, there are two types of players that teams can have. They can have uh, full-time players that are paid a set salary, and then you can have uh, part-time players, and they only get paid for um, training, and for match appearances and and then they'll be compensated for like travel and yeah. things like that um is that it to my knowledge that is it and and so the rule is basically this is your limit yeah don't go over it this is your limit yeah exactly so that that's kind of my point you have I mean, you listed off a couple things there and a couple maybe like intricacies in that. Oh, sorry. Uh, one more thing. One more, um, one more if thing. you need more salary cap, you can trade it trade for, it. for yeah. players, for um, international slots, um, for okay. uh, draft picks. But uh, I'm not going to lie. This is more than I expected you to, uh, to, to rifle off. Oh, you think so little of yeah, me? No, so, but my point is, though, is like, as sport fans, like people that have watched leagues with other salary caps, NHL, yeah. NFL, there's more rules. Yeah. There's got to be more rules, right? There, there absolutely there has, has to be. There has to be, right? There's and and, and this is, but, just, and well, you, actually, you finish your point and then I'll okay. see if it's the same point as I'm going to make. Right. Like if you look at other leagues that have salary caps, like let's say the NHL, and I use the NHL all the time because one, I'm Canadian, and two, by default, I'm a huge hockey fan. Um, but like, there's so many different little tiny intricacies of the rules, right? And like, you can see like people on obviously one of the teams that gets brought up now all the time because they signed a couple all blacks is New York. Yeah. Right. And everyone's like, oh, it must be over the cap. And it's like, what? we don't know the actual rules for how they're signed. Yeah. Right. And we don't know like what the contract, we don't know anything about like how that's yeah. actually signed. Right. And like, I think you look at like the NHL, right. Who famously has a team, the Tampa Bay Lightning, who won two Stanley Cups being $18 million over the salary cap to yeah. the point where they made T-shirts at the parade for it, right? Yeah. Mocking the fact almost that they were over the salary cap. But they and everybody in the world knows that Tampa Bay was over the salary cap. Yeah. But they did it legally through like loopholes and stuff. Yeah. Right. And they did it legally. And every team was like, well, yeah, no, good, good on you. That's smart. Like, whatever. Right. Yeah. And we moved and like, that's what it is. Right. So it's like, 
we don't like you don't we don't know anything about the actual structure of the salary cap, right? Even a, yeah. a thing that NHL players, uh, NHL teams can do is LTIR, where if a guy's injured, you can put them on long LTIR, long-term injured reserve, and their salary doesn't count against the cap anymore, right? Which yeah. is the rule that Tampa Bay exploited to being, to, you know, helping them on their way to the two Stanley Cups, maybe three, who knows? But like, my point is, is it's like, there's obviously more rules to the salary cap that aren't known. And it's like to say it's a rule violation tells us absolutely nothing. And this is also assuming that it is salary cap because it yeah. might not be salary cap. Yeah. Right. So it's like a rule violation tells us absolutely nothing because one, nobody, no, nobody outside of the league really, I don't yeah. think, knows the actual rules of the salary cap and how yeah. it's actually structured and how it works. So it already tells you nothing. And then keeping it vague. And it's like, you can look at all the, look at all the chaos that's in like some of these message boards and stuff of yeah. everything from like, there's now with this house somehow led to players being accused of taking PEDs. If you what? like, yeah, read, read it, read it. Like, yeah, uh, there's, there's uh, more like, read it. It's dope. It's, it's a golden rule of the internet. You don't yeah. go into the comment section. No, exactly. It's like it dives into like a lot, like people like it and trying to point out all the other ways that every other team in the league's cheating. Yeah. It's it's horrible. Yeah. It's brutal. And it's like, you know what I mean? And it's like, well, like, what's the rule? And it's like there's a couple things here too that I'm just wondering based on the statement as well. Yeah. Is whatever violation Austin had, salary cap or not, is the punishment to take them out of the playoffs? Or was the punishment a point deduction that happens to take them out of the playoffs? Hmm. Right. Like that's also something that like, what if they were just like, what's the actual standings right now? Like, so if you were to go onto the MLR website and go to standings, it places Austin yeah. at seventh because it has a, a DQ next to them, but what, their what points if, are higher than anyone else. Yeah. So they're at 58 else. points, right? Yeah. But that's why, I mean, like, what if, what if, uh, to miss the playoffs, what would they need? What if, say, this punishment was a twenty-five point deduction, right? Because that would yeah. take them out of the playoffs. Yeah. That would have mathematically taken them out of the playoffs before the, yeah. the next game, too, right? So it's like, is is, the, is it a point or thirty points? So whatever it ended up being, like, yeah. was it like we're going to make this hard for you to make the playoffs or like? Like, I don't know. I, I just like I said, it's like I feel like my first thought in like kind of seeing the statement and the vagueness of the statement really did remind me of that. Draw your own conclusions. Yeah. From Alan Vanson. And it's like as a Canadian rugby podcast, we have sat here for the past like year and a half complaining about the lack of transparency yeah. um, from Rugby Canada. And I feel like it's almost a, would probably be a little hypocritical to not kind of push some of that same energy and criticism yeah on the mlr in this situation yeah because right. i think it is because i remember we were talking and you brought up the nhl rule book which is like 168 pages or something along those lines NHL rule book is wild yeah yeah but i think it's within reason so you don't have to give away like every minute detail but you can have like an mlr rule book and some of these things are like the basic obvious of like, oh, you need to have a field that is yeah. usable to have. It. And as in, you need to be able to provide um, 
showers for visiting teams. You need to be able to provide um, teams that don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that, yeah. No, no. It's in like it's it, it's there in That's the rules. Brutal. That's home field advantage, though. I, guess. I know, but but it's like it's there in the rules so that even if it's um, whether it's like us as fans wanting to just know like the rules and people going like, oh, I didn't think about that. Such as like, oh, every team is every team every the host is responsible for uh, medical. Uh, facilities being available, including yeah, ambulances mean, there's, and stuff. There's stuff like the league tech, right? But yeah, but and and that's the, and the thing as well is that when you have a rule book, you also have the sanctions to those rules as well. As in, like, so because yeah. uh, that's the thing we're saying that it's um, it's you know a financial reason. It could, for all we know, it could be a player was declared as um, domestic but is actually international and they've breached the um, oh, foreign player count. Is that is that worth being not? Oh, I, I'm not I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying that there's no okay. information so to say it's question. not. The other thing that obviously we're all doing right now, just as you said, because my first thought was is that worth getting knocked out of the playoffs though? Yeah. Right? But to your point is this we're just circling back to we don't know what they did. Exactly. No. Right? And it's like you can start speculating. We can, we can get the we can do there's a whoever put up there's a hilarious thread on uh that was like what did austin do quote wrong, wrong answers only yeah so, yeah we can have fun like i mean we can yeah. have fun with this right yeah like, maybe austin declared we have the best barbecue in texas and the yeah, mlr and said wait a minute the one yeah. in houston so much better this is clearly I, yeah. I, like that's the thing though it's like you don't know yeah. um i mean honestly too like so we keep bringing up it's like the salary cap violations and stuff it's like in all honesty like there's um so like there was also that one post on reddit uh that someone shared a couple screenshots of an instagram story um that appears to be from one of the members of like austin's dance team and basically the instagram story is suggesting that they haven't been paid in a long time yeah and that's my thing. Like if it's, if their violation though, has something to do with that, like that's not salary cap. Right. Yeah. The way they're true. Cause like those employees, like the salary cap is for the players. Yeah. Right. It's like, so those employee types, uh, those types of employees, the, you know, game day crew and stuff. If, if this is the case that why this is a violation, um, then like, that's not a salary cap thing. Right. That's something else. Um, and you know, the, the other thing too, that, um, I feel like, I don't know if it's been kind of lost, but on May 1st, it was reported, um, by John Woolley that the Austin Gilgronis lost their local television contract partway through the season and the remaining, the remaining Austin games, if you were a local, if you were local to Austin, right, you all the remaining Austin games are on the rugby network, right? So it's like they lost that TV contract, though. So it's like it, it does just ultimately. I mean, between this punishment, um, the that post about possibly not paying, um, you know, members of like the dance team, and I'm assuming probably other staff too, um. And then also like the fact that they've they've lost their local television contract seems like there's some financial dysfunction going on with the organization as a whole. Um, but it, it all just circles back to 
the same thing we've been doing with a lot of, I think with a lot of rugby Canada stuff almost. Um, yeah. A couple of years where it's just, it circles back to a whole bunch of speculation and things. And it's like, so maybe it's more without, systemic of American sports culture as a whole and not just specifically. Well, like, yeah, I, I don't know. Canada. I think the, the, the one thing too, though, is it's like, I think honestly, the only, th- like whatever Austin did, if it deserves the punishment, yeah. Fine, right. Like I, I, that's whatever I can accept. It's, it's unusual. Certainly. I don't think I've ever seen it happen in any North American sport. Um, you know, I mean, even like the Saracens, when they got their salary cap stuff, they got that point deduction penalty initially. Yeah. And then the premiership realized that they, cause they're the Saracens and they were that good anyways, we're going to still avoid relegation. So then they yeah. were kind of like, that was kind of weird. So they kind of adjusted the punishment on the fly for the Saracens. Well, I think in, in that case, there, there was actually like a framework put in place of like, because you violated the salary cap, you are deducted 35 points. Yeah. And if you can't fix it by this date, you will be yeah, deducted a further. And maybe if it is, like, let's say this is salary cap related issues, because we saw yeah, that the... For the sake of argument, though. Yeah, 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 for the sake of, for the sake of argument. Let's say that um, there was the... Because the MLR trade wire says that, uh, you know, like May 9th was the tr- uh, transfer deadline day. Yeah. And... You know, and something to keep in mind is that Austin, like every other team in MLR, is partially owned by MLR itself. So they should have an understanding of the financial records of each team. And, you know, it comes around to the morning of May 10th. They look at Austin's numbers and say they don't line up and say like, hey, you guys have to fix this between now and this date. And if you don't, we will have to... Again, you though, know, give a punch. Again, this is yeah. all speculation, which well, doesn't I, help anyone. But yeah. and, and I mean, I think that's the thing that's kind of disappoints me the most is it's just like the I guess the lack of explanation is just and, and I understand, you know, some some people have suggested that there's possible like legal repercussions or legal action that's going to be that's going to happen um, as a result of this. And like I get it and like that's fine but it's like a, I don't think a, even if there's legal action like I don't think a rule violation is enough right like you already did the thing yeah right? you already you already removed them from the playoffs right so what's like what heart like what in just telling like what just at the very least say what rule was broken yeah right? and that's but but it, part yeah, of that, that, though yeah. again if especially if it's a salary cap thing would be us mm-hmm. learning the rules um, yeah. I think like the one thing though that I, I like I'm also I guess just the way I think that I'm trying to keep an eye on because I really really want to see this league grow as yeah. I'm sure you do as I'm sure everybody else that has a podcast across the MLR does as I'm sure the fans people listening to this all do everybody wants to see the MLR the sport of rugby as a whole grow and when I look at um some things that the MLR has done this year too um and also looking at our team right the Toronto Arrows are sponsored by Coolbet, which is a game, yeah. a gaming um, company, right? Yeah. The MLR has also had some statements that are talking about making strides toward kind of encouraging uh, more, uh, more gaming, gambling on um, on MLR games um, through various different properties and stuff, right? And we've, we're starting to kind of see some of the 
the strides toward that more stats being available um the rugby network kind of has that um i can't remember what do they call it that thing that pops up like not trivia questions but like predictions for like who's gonna pick and go pick and go thank you they have that which i mean obviously can probably translate into some sort of like gambling thing um but like when i look at this right now and it's like if if the league wants to get into that like heavily get into that and you know, the fans want to do it. It's like one of the things that everybody can off. Okay. Like if you want to bet on like the NHL at the start of the season, the NFL, NBA, CFL starting soon. If you, you can place these bets on CFL, I believe too, is like you can bet futures on like, who's going to make the playoffs. Yeah. Right. And like, I'm just thinking like it, like it was not that it was available from cool bet earlier, but like, could you imagine if like the uproar from like, books and people that may have put money on this if they were like austin's gonna make the playoffs here's a hundred bucks the bet on austin yeah. the playoffs, and like you don't get an explanation for why they're not in the playoffs like that's not gonna yeah. like you know what i mean going forward if the league continues to trend in that direction right like that's that's not gonna fly at all yeah with, any, with anybody right and because even it's like the people that maybe put money on Austin to make the playoffs or top the conference or whatever, right. They're going to be pissed because now they're out. And then books will probably be like, why are we paying out people that bet on Seattle to make the playoffs? Right. Because now like, or why are we bet playing betting on, or, um, you know, paying people out that bet on LA to be the top best team in the West. Right. Cause it's like, you just changed the standings and offered no explanation. Right. Which is something that I think, again, isn't going to fly if the league continues to grow. And especially if they continue to kind of put in the groundwork to, you know, encouraging the gaming aspect of this a little bit more. Right. Um, So I don't know. I think ultimately at the end of the day um, with no, I mean, we've all heard rumors. Like I said, the salary cap certainly seems to be the most common and leading rumor. Um, But as I mentioned, there's some things on Reddit that might suggest that it's a little bit more than that. Um, but again, like with Reddit, part of Reddit too, is uh, people posting things anonymously. Right. So, you know, it's one of those, uh, it's one of those, um, like, I don't know, it's one of the, uh, the issues with Reddit is you can kind of say whatever you want if you have an anonymous name. Right. Um, you know, and you don't have to back it up. So it goes back to kind of like, Hey, who knows what's happening? Mm. Um, but I think that's the biggest issue right now is it's like to break it down as simply as it is, is it's like you have a team that has been removed from the playoffs has been disqualified from the competition. And there has been no explanation given, given for it, no official explanation given for it, which is just leading to rampant speculation. Um, for the, at, in my opinion is probably more harmful for the league than just saying what Austin did yeah, to deserve the punishment. Yeah, I think the PR from this yeah. has just been like and, and terrible. Yeah, and that's to me on like that's my I'm not an Austin fan, so I'm not like my heart's not broken that they're not at the playoffs. Um because I'm not an Austin fan. Um but like as an MLR fan, I'm like I, as an MLR fan, I feel like the explanation's not good enough right now. Yeah. You know, cuz it's like right? Um and 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 I don't know. Like I just cuz it's like, like, what do you do? Like, there, there's a team, like, 
there's a team that's been kicked out of the playoffs, been disqualified from the season. Not not just any team, too. The team that's been they've basically been wire to wire the number the number one team in the Western Conference. Yeah, like since week one, I think. Like, or I don't know when did they get to the top of the standings? Probably in week one. Yeah, um, yeah. if they've been the best team the whole year and they're not going to compete in the playoffs, um, and yeah, I don't know. And there's no explanation for it. Um, and it's one of those things too, where it's like the story is not going to go away either. Yeah. Um, especially if Seattle wins. Yeah. There's, there's this, the ultimate, that's, I mean, I've mentioned on this podcast, sometimes I do like chaos and right now I'm like, Oh, the arrows are out. Let's, let's mm-hmm. go Seattle. Um, mm-hmm. because like, that would just be the most wild thing. And it's like, then you have to explain, but it's like, it's tough too. like, if you're talking to like your non rugby friends, trying to explain why a team got DQ'd. Yeah. Or uh, why there's a team that was, you know, out of the playoffs like a week ago that was mathematically eliminated from the playoffs a week ago is suddenly back yeah. in the playoffs, right? Um, it's a wild, it's a wild scenario to have to explain. And I mean, I think at the end of the day, uh, before uh, I don't know, I feel like if we keep talking, we're just going to go in circles and keep repeating ourselves at this point. Yeah, it might be happening already, but um. Mm. Yeah, I just I, I hope an actual proper explanation comes. I mean, who knows? Uh, as we always talk about, by the time maybe it comes tomorrow, and uh, yeah, this yeah, entire, by the time I have to by the time we release the entire it. section of the podcast yeah. when I'm editing um, yeah. tomorrow night. Um, but yeah, who knows? I don't know. Stu, do you have any any final thoughts? Because I mean, that's pretty much where I'm at. Just a little bit dis, just some disappointment on um, the way they they've handled it publicly from like a PR point of view because. You know, it's, you have to explain, you have to, you can't not explain this one. Yeah. It has to, you know, you, you see fans under posts of like MLR at the moment, getting angry of like how they're still waiting on an explanation for all of this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it just comes back to the whole transparency issue that um, fans have with the league of being kept in the dark, not knowing what all these rules are that are in place and yeah it's yeah it's just disheartening it's like you want to see the league grow and that means having a sense of trust with your fan base to be like this is the reason why we're doing this or we can't due to legal reasons we can't speak on it further but we'll make a statement later but it's the lack of communication that i think is rubbing everyone the wrong way yeah and to be to go to your point too i actually think like this year like the league has been in my opinion like really good with like making strides in that like transparency element of it like this is the first year that we got suspensions being announced yeah and not only are suspensions announced they go like they're they're detailed announcements yeah like they go through even like the mitigating factors um you know stuff from the hearing um which again for the what they do for suspensions, they tell you which specific rule the player yeah. is being suspended for. Yeah. Um, right? It's you know, I mean, this and that's the other thing, right? It's like the suspension announcements aren't rule violation, the suspension yeah. announcements are this player broke rule 19.2 or whatever yeah. rule. I hope 19.2 is a, like a normal rule because I just mm. threw that out of the air. Um, hopefully it's not too weird. Um, but like you know, uh, if like they do that, and it's like they um we also got like trades being announced yeah. at the first proper time, right? Um, uh, like trades being announced by the league 
league and the teams like properly and fully. Um, so many more teams doing injury reports this year too. Yeah. Um, I know like that used to be a thing that uh, we kind of ripped on a lot of teams for not doing, but a lot of teams picked that up this year. I don't, yeah. I don't know if it's everybody, but it's like, you know, we got a lot of injury reports and stuff for like, even if it's not like, you know, some teams put out like a post specifically on injury reports. Some teams mix it into match day previews and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you get the information is coming out. And I, th- I think the league's been doing a really good job of doing that this year yeah. in a lot of ways, which is why. I think it adds to the disappointment that this is handled the way it is. Cause it's like, there has been a lot of strides Yeah, and it's, it's weird. It's just, I hope, I hope an actual, I hope we find out. Yeah. Cause it's, uh, it's all, it's all going wild out in the, uh, Austin fans find out. Yeah. I mean, like that's, if you're a fan of the team to see the goal, thinking that you're in first all year, um, you know, buy, buying your playoff tickets and stuff and getting hyped for that to, you know, kind of have it pulled out from underneath you with, without any explanation and stuff. And yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, it's a, uh, I don't know. It's yeah, um, it's upsetting. Tough, tough situation. Yeah. Well, whilst it's being uh, wild out West in the Eastern conference, it's all been uh, settled, decided. Unfortunately, none of the Eastern teams, uh, the Eastern teams above Toronto were breaking salary caps to give, uh, Alleged. Uh, Toronto a uh, opportunity to make the playoffs, so it was a as I said a dead rubber match between the Arrows and DC, but it was definitely one full of entertainment value. Not not for the purists, it was tries are plenty. Uh, and it's not like tries, is this? No, it's, it's not for the purists. I know. Do so they it, not like tries? Do they not? Do purists not enjoy fun? I don't understand this analogy. The analogy for it's one for the purists means it wasn't an enjoyable game of rugby. It's like uh, lots of scrum penalties, lots of uh, line outs, lots of slow play, all that kind of stuff. So when they're saying, oh, it's one for the purists, it's one that only pure fans, the old, the, the old school fans would like. But if you're new to the game, Enjoy. I think old, old I mean. school fans like Any, tries and fun. Too. Anyway, the point I'm getting across here is that there were like multiple tries, both teams getting the try bonus point. Um, and unfortunately, it uh, didn't go Toronto's way. But then again, Toronto have already beaten twice a season. It's just mean if you do it three times, I guess. And yeah, keep in mind, this is DC's first ever win over Toronto as well. So, you know, good for them. Uh, Especially uh, congratulations to Nate Osborne, um, considering where this side was at the start of the season, or should say the first half of the season, to have them now um, three matches on the bounce with um, scores of over 40 is phenomenal. <laughs> if they um, figured out how to defend this one, though. Well, yeah. Well, I think their defence was a solid attack, so it just worked out really mm. well. As, as you said, the best defence is... Uh, Getting a large uh, point the best, total. The best defense is a 30-point lead. Yeah. Exactly. Um, this is actually the most points scored against the Arrows this season. And while the- that is disheartening, it can also be, well, DC can't get any higher than six. And also, Toronto can't get any higher also than Also, the so. most points that Toronto's ever conceded in Toronto. Yeah, so that is... 
I want to say at home, but I feel like at home is also skewed because of all the Atlantaness. Yeah. So which they've ever allowed in Toronto. Yeah. So we had try scores by Robinson Bartlett, Roland Foley, uh, Marcello Wainwright got the last one of the game, and Paul Cellini, who is uh, someone we'll talk about in a second, got two tries uh, in this game. Um, of the uh, tries scored, one was an automatic seven. Uh, Sam Malcolm converted three, and Will Kelly converted uh, Wainwright's uh, final try this year game. And speaking of Paul Cellini, he has earned his 50th cap for the Toronto Arrows, being the first Arrows player and first Canadian player in MLR to do so. So, Paul, congratulations. The As it was announced uh, when he came onto the pitch, the Iron Man of the Arrows has uh, played in every single game this season to be able to earn that cap. And, yeah, just uh, phenomenal. We now just need to keep uh, track of uh, who's going to be following in his footsteps to get their 50th cap. That's something we should have looked up before we started recording. But yeah, no, congrats to Paul. Uh, what a way to mark the occasion too. picking up two, uh, two tries on the day. I believe he doubles his career total. Um, so somewhere out there, we got to tell Paul Cellini it's his 50th game every single game. Yeah. Um, so unreal performance from him. I mean, I think, you know, at, at the end of the game, even kind of before, but it's like, you could really see how much uh, he means to like the team. Cause like the you know, once that game ended and they kind of went into his 50th cap ceremony, like you just kind of see like the emotion on like the rest of the team um, congratulating him from uh, reaching this accomplishment. As you said, first Canadian to do it first arrow to do it. And, you know, it's uh, for a moment after the end of the game, it's like you wouldn't have known the arrows lost because no. everyone got so into like celebrating the this accomplishment from uh, Paul Cellini. Um, and yeah, like what a way to market. I mean, I think, you know, he's one of those players that just every game just works his butt off. Um, you know, con like just insane amounts of ruck arrivals gets, um, you know, all the, uh, you know, get makes all the tackles in the world. Um, you know, very physical player, um, to be perfectly honest, probably one of the more underrated players in MOR and maybe one of the more underrated players as far as, you know, consideration for the Canadian national team too. Um, yeah, he's you know he's he's a phenomenal like physical big lock um that you know is outstanding defensively and you know kind of uh you know really definitely deserve deserve those tries and i mean i know like those malls malls are always kind of team tries the arrows have a very good mall as evidence of the fact that jack mcrogers leads the team in try scoring um yeah. as the season concludes um right and uh it was nice nice to see Cellini get um you know get a couple get a couple uh in this game and you know he's uh yeah he's just uh just what a player man and like you said like the uh the iron man right like he's played yeah. in 50 of the arrows 54 games um so far in their franchise's history um and you know fully you know you can't can't really ask the uh the first canadian to hit 50 i mean there's no more uh there's first canadian first arrow to hit 50 like there's no more deserving guy as everybody you know, everybody kept saying uh, after the game, right? So um, that that was uh, that was great to, uh, yeah, it was great to see. It was great to great to kind of be be a part of uh, that ceremony and stuff at the end, or um, not will not be a part of, but like witness that ceremony yeah. in the game. And um, you know, saw the uh, 
you know, uh, Keith and Quatran gave him the old Gatorade shower uh, <laughs> during his man of the match interview and stuff, which, um, you know, it's just all outstanding. Right. So, uh, yeah. you know, congrats to Paul. It was nice to see, um, you know, the player tunnel and everything that he all, he got. And obviously the two tries, huge impact on the game, um, which is, uh, which is all, all you can really ask for in a 50th, right. No better way to, no better way to mark it, man. You always want those milestone games to be, uh, to be memorable. Right. So yeah. Congrats. Congrats to Paul. Yeah. Congratulations. And like I said, um, if you didn't know that the hours are lost like, after that game, then you just need to take a look at the scoreboard. Unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> okay. Fit, fit, on to this yeah. part. Oh, okay. We're on to this. Yeah. Part now. We, we the less fun part. Um, the less fun part. I mean, the, I think the first half was very, cool. um, Good. Well, very good for the arrows. I mean, uh, Robinson Bartlett's try was within like 90 seconds. So that was... It's a good start. Yeah, definitely a good start. And then it was... Uh, let me just remind myself who it was. It was um, Daniel um, scored the try for DC. And then uh, restart. DC oh. players just not in the right position. The bounce Can we goes. Talk about this try for like I know you're doing through your recap, but is this is this the worst try a professional rugby team has ever given up? Uh, I don't think so. Like, I think no. There was a it was a Seattle game last year, and it was the like similar circumstances. I can't remember yeah. who they were playing. I think it may have been LA, but. Yeah, it was a kick into open space. The sun was in their eyes, and I think it was like the LA right. player just a, grabbed the ball. A restart or a kick? Restart. Oh, restart. Yeah. yeah like... so, so it has happened before, but this is the first time it's happened in Canada. So <laughs> Yeah, I was yeah. just like, man, I was I think I was still sending like a tweet or something while while uh this was happening and looked up and we're like, I'm like, how did he like how, he scored already? Like and watching the replay, it's just like, like I don't like, yeah. man. That's not going to be a fun film session for uh, those three or four old glory players that were all kind no. of around that ball, man. Like, whew. yeah, um, that's one of those like, that's that's a pretty unacceptable try <laughs> for a professional yeah. rugby team to give up, man. Good on Foley though, man. Foley's always there. Foley always seems to, uh, he's always somewhere making a play somewhere, man. He's had a great year. Yeah, and then we. So after Foley's try, it so there's you'll notice there's a lot of back and forth of like mm-hmm. Toronto score a try, DC score a try, Toronto score a try, DC score a try. Um, as I mentioned, uh, so the Saka got his try in the 16th minute, and then uh, Cellini got the first of his two tries three minutes later in the 19th minute, and uh, yeah, it's basically and then uh, Junior Sauer got his try in the 23rd minute. And the only thing that was keeping Toronto ahead at this point was the fact that um, Sy Faloye um, wasn't uh, as accurate as Sam Malcolm was with the boot. And, you know, a few uh, conversions went amiss. And so there was like a four-point uh, deficit. And then um, just before the 30-minute uh, mark, Bacali uh, got his try, which secured the bonus point for DC. And uh, that was um, converted. So then it goes from like a four-point deficit to a three-point lead for DC going into the break. Um, come back from the break, uh, Cellini gets his second try. And so the arrows go ahead again very narrowly. And then uh, DC just 
opened the floodgates and it was tries of plenty for them. Um, uh, Kalapu got his try. Five minutes later, Danny Tusatala was able to get a try. Uh, Robert Stanana got a try. And then finally, Talatina got um, DC's final try in the 72nd minute. And again, um, mix of conversion success, but also uh, Kalapu's and Tusatala's tries were automatic seven pointers as well. So don't need to worry about the conversion if you're getting underneath the post. Um, and so that. Um, got DC up to 50 and you know there were some I think especially like I think it was like Robert Tanana's try that was out on the wing and you could see as soon as he crossed over that line you know this is the thing about uh, Canadian uh, players and Arrows players they're so their pre-season was in like the cold of winter the sunny and warm and their bodies are still trying to adapt to it so oh. just taking it a little bit longer um but yeah these guys were pretty gassed i i you you thought they looked like they were gassed on that on that play did no, you, as, the guy sorry i'll let you go on because i'm, I'm no, not sure i understand what you're saying well, well i could the thing is as soon as uh robson on crossed that try line you could see guys with like heads in their hands uh crouching down yeah because they were probably and, like this dude just chipped the ball over my head on me and got a try oh line. no th- these these yeah. weren't even players near robson yeah i know it's happening though but then again i, I suppose if you've um let if you've had uh two tries to like extend DC's lead. And then, you know, just when you need the momentum swing to come back to Toronto, it's uh, another DC try. You're like, oh, for crying out loud, come on. But, uh, you know, I get, and, you know, I felt that especially, I think it was probably from like the 50th minute to, yeah, the 70th minute or 72nd minute, which is when, uh, all the tries in the second half were scored by DC. It just seemed as though the arrows were just camped out in their own 22 for long stretches of play. And, you know, there's just like no real opportunity to like get it. I mean, Joel um, Kelly was able to like kick it um, into touch, but, you know, it's still then DC's uh, possession again from the line out. And, and that's something else as well. Toronto's line out was... Oh. Below standard, to say <laughs> yeah, that's one way to say it. Um, um but you, yeah, you want uh, to mention Wayne Wright's try to close the game, though. Yeah, like, so um, the, the yeah, but because that's the thing as well is that, um, you know, especially when uh, you conceded four tries in the first half, you conceded another four tries in the second half, you know, it's basically a bonus point in theory each half. Not really good, but obviously the guys um, kept with it, stuck to the end. Uh, a bit of uh, miscommunication between the DC players, and then you get Wayne Wright picking it up, heading straight for the try line. You know, no quit, no giving up. It's like they look gassed, but they're not gassed. That's that's how you lull them into a false sense of security. You got to make them think that you're, you know, yeah. the best is behind you, and then you have Wayne Wright um, in his red socks. Uh, Hit the gas, get over final try. See out the season with uh, Kelly's conversion, just to put the cherry on top and just uh, you know maybe make the scoreline not as bad as it was looking, perhaps on the 79th minute. Yeah. <laughs> but, um. Yeah. yeah. So obviously, I mean, 
kind of like you said, right? Like obviously the first half, a bit of a try fest, right? Both teams kind of going back and forth. And it almost, to me, like it almost felt like it was like both teams were kind of going back and forth until like Danny Tusatala decided that the game wasn't going to go back and forth anymore. Um, you know, he had, you know, obviously had, you know, he helped set up uh, Kalapu, scored a try of his own. Um, that Roberts-Tanana try um, it, is try of the week right now. That was just a phenomenal play. Yeah. Uh, I, the, I genuinely think the blue hair makes him look faster. Like it adds yeah. like a plus two like speed bonus or something. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to pull out some D&D terms. Um, but like it's it uh yeah like that like the second half was wild but i think um i think like you said though it's like the the glaring issue in this game for the arrows was the line out um i mean it's something we've talked about during the year quite a bit um i think i think to me like one of the the like really big moments of the game too and i know like it happened obviously there was missed lineouts throughout the game in, in a multitude of situations, um, which is really unfortunate. But um, at the end of the second half, or sorry, at the end of the second half, at the end of the first half, um, the Arrows had an opportunity. They were five meters out from um, Old Glory's line, and they had a line out there to end the, end the half, and it was overthrown, right? And, yeah. you know, and it's uh, the Old Glory, you know, kind of, uh, gets a little get out of jail free card there and you know the half ends they go to the sheds and uh, Old Glory kind of you know Cellini came out and got the first try of the second half so the arrows were looking good um, and then yeah once uh, Kalapu scored a try and then um, you know the next as you kind of said it, it's like the next little section of the game was a lot of DC um, kind of just DC, DC kind of looked like at the end of the game they just kind of had the license to have fun yeah in a way right because it's like you have obviously you look at the tries that they score um kalapu had a really nice run um and uh you know uh shout out to sam malcolm for you know for, uh, the as we always say the heart of the lion right like the mm-hmm. guy uh you know does it matter how big another player is you yeah definitely he had I think um, he put in a couple of try saving tackles he had a ton of like yeah no he's he's arguably he's in He's probably the best defensive back in the league. Yeah. Like it's yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Like we, it, we may be incredibly biased. Every, this, though, so we might be, but it's like that's the one thing though, is it's like every time I think you look at other MLR media talking about Sam Malcolm, it's the boot. Yeah. Every single time because he is like unbelievably accurate. But it's like I don't think we talk I don't think we talk enough about just like this like how good of a tackler he is. And like how just uh, when the arrows are playing defense, how great he is positionally, um, how good he actually is in the breakdown. Like this, he gets breakdown steals. Yeah, as a fly half, that's probably one of the smaller guys on the field on any given night, mm-hmm. right? Um, and you know, right? Like, uh, he's an absolutely unreal player. Um, and uh, you know, you know, he he showed his he showed his heart on this play. Unfortunately. Um, you know, came up with with a shoulder injury, and I mean, hopefully he's doing well. Um, I was, hopefully he's doing doing well, or you know, healing, and hopefully the injury um, won't keep him out that long, and he can you know has a good recovery time, and wish him all the best. Mm-hmm. Um, 
yeah yeah malcolm's ah, man we could we should have like a full just sam malcolm like gushing podcast just watching highlights of him <laughs> um but like then after like i mean to satala try like they're just like you know just all the offloads running through like the defense and stuff roberts tananas try obviously it's like oh the um whereas kalapu has a nice little like one-handed offload to um roberts tanana with the chip kick um that just worked like a charm um and then you know the last try of the game too talatenia like did we like we everybody saw the like Danny Tusatala just like the behind the back pass yeah that went like thirty yards like across the field too right like that was yeah, yeah it's like hey man we're just gonna like that they just started just throwing those out um yeah and it's you know their their attack has been on absolute fire the last three games and I know like they've been involved yeah. in in two of the highest scoring games in MLR history, unfortunately yeah. coming up on the wrong side of it. Um, like, but, you know, figured out uh, a way to get some defensive stops in this game. A handful of those came from guys like um, uh, Nicali and South, um, you know, really making, making life uh, difficult in the line out and creating those turnovers. Um, but yeah, but I mean, that kind of ended up, I guess, being the difference of the game, right? There was a, you know, when, when Old Glory had chances to score tries, um, even if it's chances that they're making themselves with chip kicks or behind the back passes, um, they capitalized on those those opportunities to score those tries. Um, the Arrows, again, had some opportunities that were like, hmm, uh, probably want that, um, that lineup throw back or, you know, unfortunate knock on there or, you know, handling uh, which uh, handling error or something, right? And um, it's been something that we've kind of talked about throughout the whole year, right? And it's the, uh, you know, the execution within the 22 or within 10 meters or five meters, right? Um, some of those opportunities just, just kind of went away. Um, and uh, yeah, unfortunately, it uh, it happened again today and the Arrows finished the season eight and eight. Um, I thought a lot of guys on the team, we already shouted out Will Ke- or, um, Paul Cellini and Sam Malcolm, obviously, um, Malcolm's, you know, what probably the, one of the best players on the pitch night in night out. I thought Lucas Rumball had a great game too. He had a couple breakdown steals. He had a really huge breakdown steal late in the game too, um, to the point where I was kind of hopeful that maybe that sparked the comeback. But I think that was uh, before Roberts Tanana's try, and um, you know, so he had a couple breakdown steals. Uh, like we said, Foley probably been one of the Arrows' best players all year. Um, he got another try. Um, I thought Mirez played really well. Uh, he obviously helped uh, set up uh, Robertson Bartlett's try early in the um, early in the game. Um, lots of nice carries, great under the high ball as usual. Um, you know, and uh, yeah, like it's uh, the back row. Everybody, it's has been great. Great to see Jamie McKenzie back on the pitch too. Um, yeah, actually, uh, if I can just find it, there were a few stats about. Uh... J-Mac's performance against DC. Uh, 52 minutes played, 42 passes, yeah. 27 carry meters, seven tackles. That's 100% completion. Uh, five kicks and two offloads. Now, I think uh, Jamie will uh, be the first to admit that uh, he'll be going straight back into retirement now that the season uh-huh. is over. Oh, um, I, I don't know, man. You should uh, check out the LaRouge Rugby YouTube channel with uh, some post-match interviews, man. 
might uh, have uh, on that one. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe uh, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, he, he did say when we interviewed him way back at the start of the season that uh, his reasons for retirement, but uh, you know, you know, you never know. But hey, uh, as he says, yeah. man, it's the best job in the world. It might be, you never know. Yeah. Never know. And that's the thing. We, when, when you got that itch and they give you a little bit more, it's so hard to just. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll get all the, uh, I mean, obviously it's like he didn't confirm or say anything or whatever, but yeah. um, I mean, I would, uh, he does, he does kind of joke around about the, uh, the retiring on retiring status and yeah, uh, yeah I'll, uh, I'll uh, get all, by the time. Um, if you're listening to this podcast, the, uh, all the post-match interviews, um, featuring players on both sides from this game should be up on the uh, La Rouge Rugby YouTube channel. So go check that out as well. And make sure to subscribe so that anytime we do more interviews, it comes up automatically on your feed. Um, so if you were to compare the Arrows this year to last season, you know, vastly improved, obviously, you know, being in Toronto helped, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, going from five and eleven to eight and eight uh, by that trajectory should be uh, eleven and five next season. So, um, and you know, uh, if if we're picking it up, the coaches have already picked it up. Uh, they know that um, you know it, the off season may just be starting for the arrows, but uh, the work is really gonna have to be starting now. Really think- of getting ready for the 2023 season. You know, I, th- I think one of the things too with this season, obviously, like you can't really talk about this season and how it's gone for the Arrows without mentioning their injury situation. Yeah, I think I think injuries has also helped, um, I'd say helped, hindered, but yeah. as it, it's contributed to um, like lack of momentum, like the Arrows yeah. only were able to get two wins on the bounce before they would lose a game or lose two games. And then... It's really, well, it's really hard to continue. Well, I think like one of those things that we have talked about um, is, you know, the arrows being lower in the, in the league as far as tries scored, but also yeah. like, you know, some of those, those execution errors, especially when they get, cl- um, you know, kind of close to scoring within like, you know, uh, within the 22. And I think like part of it as one of those stats is like the arrows have used nine difference with Jamie McKenzie playing. That's the ninth different scrum half. Um, the Toronto eighth. arrows have used this year. It's ninth. Is he ninth? I thought he was the eighth. Ninth. Yeah. He's eighth the ninth. Uh, um, and he's the, so he's the ninth and then, um, but he's also like the fifth different starter too. And, yeah. you know, like when, when, you know, at such an important position, when you have going through like nine different guys, um, at a position like it's like that's tough to uh you know that's like Sam Malcolm's gotta you know prepare for a different scrum half almost every single game yeah or be uh, the scrum half or be the scrum half oh yeah I guess yeah Malcolm was well I he played scrum half during one game but yeah I don't think he never wore a nine jersey but like yeah I guess he did play scrum half for uh, yeah but yeah but yeah as in like you have I think to. the lowest their injury list was at one point was nine players on the injury yeah, list. And it's, it's but weird. on the average, it was like 11, yeah. 12. It's kind of weird, too, how it seemed to mostly be backs. Yeah. Right? Like, as, as weird as that that is, right? So it's like, um, you know, when uh, this just 
unfortunately, it's like it's one of those things where it's like, you know, as they say, it's like injuries can, is never really an excuse because like teams kind of deal with it. Uh, every team has to deal with injuries. Yeah. Um, but, but when it's, it's the same extent, position yeah. all the time, you have to be like, maybe. Yeah, I know. It's uh, injuries. Yeah, exactly. Um, you can start pulling it out. Yeah, it's um. Yeah. But uh, you know, I think I think there's there's some positive things that can come from this season, though. It's like I think uh, you look at a guy like Sam Reimer, to me, yeah. and it's uh, you know, and he's I guess like well, I guess he was signed before McKenzie, so I guess he's the eighth scrum half, yeah. um, right? So like, you know, if you're going like eight guys deep and you you're going at the scrum half position, you're trying to pull from. You know, you're bringing in Gordon McCrory. You're bringing in Riley Denardo from Poland, yeah. right? And uh, you know, you land on Sam, Reim- a guy like Sam Reimer, and it's you know, Reimer looked good in MLR yeah. games, right? And it's like you're at the the eighth, ninth guy on your depth chart. You're pulling, you know, pulling guys out of retirement, getting guys to fly back from Poland, and you're still finding like all these guys that are available to you or want to be available to you and want to play for your team, like. Yeah, um, it like it speaks. A, I think it speaks a lot to like the heroes organization that like even a guy like Denardo would want to fly from Poland to play. Yeah, a couple games or that McKenzie wants to come out of retirement to help. Yeah. Right. Um. In given the situation that arose, right. And I, I think, I think you know, knowing that you have a little bit of that depth, I think is a is a good thing. Um, yeah. Right. And it's like knowing that there's some guys in the pipeline that are going to be available to you in the future is is probably mm-hmm. nice. Um, with, you know, even adding on to it, the, uh, you know, the coast to coast cup, um, is seeing the, uh, you know, the Toronto arrows Academy. It looks like we're starting to get some regular games. Um, right. And that's, that's going to build the depth of the team. Right. But also having things like the Atlantic selects, the West selects, um, right. It's, well, this seems to be with all with the, because obviously the arrows came around in 2019 and COVID ice a lot of plans for, Canadian oh. development, but now we have teams like Atlantic Selects, um, yeah. the West Selects, the Pacific Pride, the Arrows Academy. It seems though where there's a far greater pool available for players yeah, like with different pathways. So it's not just like, oh, you have to come to Toronto to play yeah. for the Academy team. No, You've yeah. got all these options. And, you know, as MLR grows and, you know, as uh, draft um, increases and as other teams have academies and will need players to come in and obviously getting any game time prior to, like, MLR level of games with, like, academies and uh, select sides, you know, just broadens the options of Canadian players. So, you know, we're it's obviously in its infancy at the moment, but we could see within, like, a few years, five years, definitely by 10 years that league is like filled with Canadian players and there's yeah. an, loads of different options for positions. Yeah. But that concludes the arrow season for 2022. Um, yeah. No postseason this, um, this time for the Canadian team. Hopefully we'll be able to see some Canadian faces um, in the other teams, but we'll have to just keep our watch out for that and we'll let you know. When that postseason happens. Speaking of the postseason, we have to talk about the other games of the final round of 18. Um, and we'll start off with another the two Eastern clashes. So it was Atlanta versus Nola. Um, Atlanta 
walked away the victors, 45 to 19. And by getting not only the win, but the try bonus point, they were able to secure a home advantage for the Eastern Eliminator uh, with New York. And New York, on the other hand, you know, they had an impressive performance. They were up against New England and delivered New England their first ever loss at home. Uh, final score, New York 21, New England 14. I'm sure New England will need a week to get over that. So it's a good thing they're on a bye week before the uh, conference final. So they'll be ready to uh, face whoever wins the Eastern Eliminator. Uh, At West, we had Houston versus Austin, which was a very uh, tense Texas Cup match, to say the least. Um, Austin went on to retain the Texas Cup, winning 29 to 14. And they've also secured the Lone Star Champs, which is basically the Texas Cup, but with Dallas. Um, (laughs) uh, Speaking of Dallas, they hosted their final game of the season against Utah. They, you know, were doing pretty well. They got the uh, first score of the game with the try. Um, Utah then getting a converted try just before halftime. Before in the second half, they decided to put the pedal to uh, put the pedal to the metal and walk away. Uh, the visitors walked away as victors, with the final score being thirty-three five to Utah. So Dallas become the second team to go zero and sixteen in a season. But Austin also had a few losses at the start of 2020. They also had a few losses to the end of 2018 as well. So the longest losing streak in MLR history may be with Austin if Dallas can, you know, get their first win within the first few games of the 2023 season. And finally, we had the big one of who was going to the Western Eliminator because it was LA versus Seattle. Seattle needing two bonus points or to get the win to send them through. And just like NOLA last year, it seems as though the last team to come to the LA Coliseum is the team that is going to walk away victors. Because, you know, LA were putting in a pretty good effort. They had a try chalked off due to uh, an illegal tackle earlier. But Seattle, they knew what they needed to do, and they set out to do it. The uh, two-time champions getting the victory over the only once-time champions. Although, either team could pick up another championship at the end of this postseason now, because LA were defeated, Seattle winning 33-27. Okay, and you know we're going to end the podcast talking about the uh, Pacific Four series, which uh, was on last night. Last uh, we are recording this on Monday, the sixth of June, and very wet conditions down in New Zealand, where all these games will be taking place. Um, but it was Canada versus the USA, and yeah, it is a case of the women knew what they needed to do, and they were setting out to make sure that it got done. Um, I think the halftime score was 17 to 5 and the full-time score 36 to 5. Uh, the Merchant getting the first try of the game in the fourth minute, uh, then following up with the second in the 29th. Um, Broiser going the first try, um, just uh, her first try just before halftime in the 38th minute. Uh, Holt Camp getting the second, her try on the 49th. Buissa getting um, her second try on the 51st minute before Perry ended the game with the final try on the 78th minute. Um, 
Sophie DeGoody um, was listed as captain for this series, and she was able to get three out of six conversions. But yeah, just an absolute slaughter of the United States on a foreign turf as well. Um, but, you know, this is obviously a big setup because within a few months' time, we'll be back in New Zealand for the uh, Women's World Cup. So, you know, getting used to this condition, getting used to these pitches can obviously pay dividends later down the line. Yeah, um, this was goddamn beautiful um, to watch. You want to bring up like some of uh, your, your purest, your purest yeah. people would have enjoyed this one. Yeah. Um, the the rain um coming down hard the pitch covered in mud um the so it's like obviously conditions and stuff so you kind of got to play to them right and obviously when it's the, the raining this much and it's that muddy um the forwards are going to play a big factor in the game and the canadian forwards the canadian pack just absolutely dominated this game um, the set piece was phenomenal um, from the from scrums. It was um, it was amazing. The uh, the set piece was amazing. Um, the uh, you know the line out was working to perfection. The scrums were overpowering the United States. Um, Sophie De Goody, um, as you mentioned, kind of you know leading the charge at the breakdown too. Um, just absolute menace tying up the ball on defense, you know, generating some turnovers, the like Canada, just overpowering them at the USA at the breakdown a lot. And, you know, the, uh, the mall kind of leading to up until Perry in the 78th minute, uh, when she sliced through a gap in the USA defense, um, every point in this game came from a forward. Um, yeah. as you kind of mentioned, like the, uh, the Marchant had two, Busa had two, Holt camp had one. Um, and then, because she's the greatest rugby player on planet earth. Um, the goodies also kicking the conversions and, you know, went three for six on the day. And so all the points up until Perry's try were all forwards, which just kind of illustrates the dominance of the forward pack. Um, even like, you know, even like there's obviously the tries that are like, you know, the gritty, like, um, you know, just pick and go some hard runs with, you know, get to the ruck, secure the ball, do it again. Um, there's the, the mall, the, you know, the rolling mall tries and stuff, but even like, you know, like Busa's intercept just absolutely red Hawkins, like a book, mm. like she's like way ahead of that. And uh, by the time, like once, when she intercepts that ball, it's like, there's like, I don't even know if a USA player bothered turning around to actually run back and chase her, but there was, it would have been no, it would have been futile anyways. Um, Cause yeah, just amazing defensive effort stuff. Um, phenomenal game. And um, to, uh, you know, it's, it's funny reading online how uh, all the American fans feel the need to point out that they have so many players in the uh, premier in the, uh, you know, playing in England in the premier 15s and those uh, championship games that wrapped up this weekend. Um, mm-hmm. But yet are completely ignoring the fact that Canada also has players playing in that. Um, so guys, just just stop this. Um, the, this just stop. Uh, if anything, then if you were worried about players not being there, Canada's clearly a deeper team than you guys. And um, yeah. you know, it's uh, it's you know, it's uh, man, it's nice to watch Canada just dominate a team. Uh, it's fun. It's fun. I, I enjoyed yeah. that. It was thoroughly. It was great. Can't wait. Yeah. To, can't wait to see it again. Who do we got next? The Black Ferns? Yeah. 
they're not they're are they any good yeah i've heard, I've heard they're all right they're all um, right. um well speaking yeah. of which after this game between canada and the usa it was the black ferns and australia and australia got off to the lead they were leading 10 nil just before the break before new zealand were able to dot over and get their first try of the match uh and then you know, like Canada, New Zealand were the only team to score in the second half, with the final score being uh, New Zealand 23, Australia 10. So this coming weekend, I believe it is Saturday for all you uh, Canadians that are watching. And it is going to be, I think, an Eastern time. It'll be the first game will be uh, from 8 o'clock is USA versus Australia. And then from 10 o'clock, it'll be Canada versus New Zealand. So that is definitely uh, fun to watch. And, and you can watch those games. It has now been confirmed on tsn.ca or the TSN app. Um, we are also c- getting to the end of not only the MLR series, but also the uh, European rugby season as well, as uh, the Premiership and the United Rugby Championship will be having their semifinals, and you can watch that on Sportsnet. Uh, Super Rugby Pacific is also concluding as well with their semifinals. That will be on TSN. And as we said, the MLR Championship Series will also be on the Rugby Network. So if you haven't got it already, then what are you waiting for? It's free. Go and download it, set up a profile, and you'll be able to watch the Eliminator Round, which will be coming up on Saturday and Sunday. On Saturday, we have Atlanta versus New York at Silverbacks Park. Derek, who do you think is going to walk away with the victory here? Well, first of all, I would be sh- absolutely shocked if anybody listening to this podcast doesn't have the rugby network. And uh, yeah, but, but that's the thing. You just got to make sure someone's like, oh, yeah, I've knew that was something I had to do. Um, oh, man. You know what? I think I think I'm going to go. I think I'm going to take New York on the road. In this one. They've been playing really well on the road and they seem to enjoy um, having some access to the wings a little bit. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. During the regular season, when um, Atlanta hosted New York won and when New York hosted Atlanta won. So it seems to be as though uh, having home advantage doesn't mean much to their Eastern team. So, uh, but, you know, just to be different, obviously that Atlanta, they, you know, they'll have learned from their mistakes. They know uh, mm-hmm. which... Uh, Wings need protecting at which time. So uh, you go with New York and I'll go with Atlanta. How about that? Sounds good. Sounds good. Okay. And the Western Conference Final, which will be the first, not conference final, beg your pardon, um, the Western Eliminator. This will be the first time a playoff uh, championship series match takes place in the great state of Texas. And this will be hosted at the Aviva Stadium as Houston welcome Seattle. Now, in the contrast to Atlanta and New York, when uh, Houston played Seattle earlier this season, uh, Houston won. And when Seattle hosted Houston, Seattle won. So it seems though home advantage is definitely in favor here. So that being said, also a Texas team that is making it uh, into the playoffs without um, having lost every game or being disqualified. you know what? I'm going to go with the Saber Cats. I'm going to go with Houston. Mm. Yeah, you know what? I, I I really want to cheer for Houston because I think their playoff shirts are hilarious. 
Um, so that that was kind of my uh, my whole my whole that was going to be my whole logic. But I think I feel like I have to. I can't backtrack on what I said earlier in the podcast. Um, I want maximum chaos. If we're going to do this this we, this situation that the MLR has, I want it. You might as well go all out on it. So I'm going to take Seattle to maybe make a little bit, maybe make a little bit of a run in the the MLR playoffs. Playing with house money now. That is true, and. As has been shown from 2018 and 2019, if Seattle can make the playoffs, then you know you got to keep an eye on them because, well, you're not two-time champions for nothing, is what I can hey, say. They were never the best regular season team um, in those two years either. Yeah, but that's the thing; they won where it mattered. Yeah, they, so, exactly. They there you go. Find a way to get it done, man. It's uh, yeah. we'll see. Uh, well, that is Derek's predictions, and those are my predictions for the Eliminator round of the Championship Series. I'm sure the Toonie will have their opinions, and you can catch those predictions on our TikTok account at the Rouge Rugby. In fact, you can find us across all social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the Rouge Rugby. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you can listen to more on Anchor FM, Apple Podcasts, and on Spotify. And if you like watching this podcast, you have our entire back catalog available for you on our YouTube channel, again, at the Rouge Rugby, which also features interviews from post games from both teams, maybe, and uh, definitely Arrows players. Uh, Derek, if the people want to find you, where can they do so? Uh, I'm at Brissette the Jet uh, across all social media platforms and um, follow all those channels that Stu just mentioned and uh, we'll get up, uh, we'll get all the post-match reaction up. We got uh, Frazier, Ilnicki, McKenzie, Winokur, Kelly, and Quatrin Cellini, I think, are, uh, should all be featured. We'll see how the uh, the actual, we'll see how it goes, but uh, um, yeah, so it should be fun. So follow every channel that Stu just mentioned. And you can find me on social media at Hardman, spelled H4RDMAN. Well, Derek, I think we'll close the podcast there. Thank you so much for joining me. And thank you all for joining us for another episode of the Rouge Rugby Podcast. We hope you can join us again next time.